Welcome to season two of Conversate Trans. Conversate Trans is an intergeneration podcast exploring trans culture. We're a small art and history collective, and in each episode, Jills and Alexandra interview other trans people. That means we're a trans podcast meant for trans people. The type of podcast we do is a free-flowing conversation with other trans people we know or don't know. We want to document and highlight the vast story of the experience in the trans community. Because behind every salacious story portrayed in the media are these glorious, kind, audacious people who have their own stories and personalities that go along with being trans. Hi, I'm Jules. And I'm Alexandra. And this week on Conversay Trans. Uh, we have our special guest, Fia, who's a member of CATU and is going to talk to us about uh, social housing and politics. Fia, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, Grant. Hi, I'm um, Thea Tuberty. Uh, yeah, as as was mentioned, I'm a member and an organizer with CATU, the Community Action Tenants Union. Uh, I'm co-chair of the branch in, of CATU in Dunleary, um, and I've been, I guess, I've been involved in CATU for for quite a while, and previously in other housing housing organisations. Um, and I'm also involved in a couple of other things like the small trans library and trans harm reduction as well. And you want to just share just for the guests as well what uh, CATU is? Uh, yeah, sure. So CATU is Community Action Tenants Union Ireland. Um, it's a, a yeah, community and tenants union. Uh, so we organize um, people, I suppose, to... Uh, fight and improve conditions in in relation to housing. Uh, we're a membership-based union, so you can, you can join the union, you pay dues to be a member, and we support members uh, with, with housing problems that they're facing uh, through collective action. Um, so I guess organizing, um, yeah, organizing ourselves to take action against people who, who make our lives worse, whether they're... Uh, landlords or letting agents or uh, local councils or whatever it is um, and in the past I guess two or three years um, sorry two years that CATU has been going we've won uh, deposits back that have been stolen by landlords we've won um, like improvements in the quality of housing so got maintenance work done and we've resisted evictions um, and yeah supported people in relation to housing in in many other ways as well uh so yeah that's i guess there's more to say about what cashew is and what we hope to do but um that's a short introduction anyway yeah i mean that's that's stuff that we like i think we all like really support here um i mean if you want to talk about more do because i'm sure like people are really interested like personally i i feel very strongly about the housing crisis and like just the un- unjustness of it. That's a word. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess just to talk about my political trajectory, I suppose, um, I was involved as a member of ACORN, which is a tenants union in the UK when I was living in, in the UK a few years ago. Um, I moved back to Ireland and joined uh, or became, I guess, an activist with what at the time was Dublin Central Housing Action. It was one of the big kind of like housing action groups uh, yeah, in Dublin around, I don't know, three, four years ago that was involved in like Take Back the City um, occupations of kind of 
uh, derelict vacant buildings and so on. Um, so I was involved in that for a while. And then I guess like building on that, there was a desire to, I guess, like build a stronger and more effective organization um, that yeah could be more ambitious and uh, be national in scope and would kind of draw more people into the organization um, rather than having a kind of like small core of activists, which is kind of a problem that we ran up against uh, in in previous, uh, in the movement, housing movement previously. Um, so CATU was established about yeah two and a half years ago. Um, since then, it's grown to have uh, about 1,300 members around the country. Um, there is several, I think, eight branches in Dublin, one in Maynooth, one in Cork, two in Belfast, and one in Galway. Um, so it's a national it's a national body, I suppose. Um, and what else should I say about it? Um, I guess, like, like you're saying, in relation to the injustices, I guess we're all faced with in in housing in day-to-day life like there's obviously kind of like um the really uh obscene kind of like excesses of the housing crisis such as like illegal evictions um or uh yeah or like i don't know people who are treated especially badly by by landlords or whatever but then there's just kind of like everyday violence of of being forced to to stress about your how are you going to pay the rent um or like just economic evictions in other words like evictions which just happen because people can't afford the rent or whatever um that we don't really see in the same way as like the dramatic kind of illegal evictions um so the housing crisis really like all-encompassing thing like it's a real source of like politicization and radicalization for a lot of people in ireland um in a way that's kind of like almost unique like uh in the past, like people got involved in politics for like other reasons, you know, because of struggles in the workplace um, or different types of like uh, contradictions that they come up against in in their lives. Um, but like housing is a real source of like politicization in Ireland at the moment. Um, so I guess we're we're building on that. Um, and I guess like it's important to note as well that like how this impacts on like trans people and like LGBT people, like we're um put in a position like everyone is in a position of like extreme powerlessness in their relationship with landlords or relationship with the housing system generally and that creates like opportunities for like ex hyper exploitation or like discrimination on the basis of like uh trans identity or um people being queer in any in any way um so yeah we're i guess like facing the like sharp end of the housing crisis in lots of ways um and that's that's important to bear in mind like how yeah how the housing crisis like particularly affects like minorities like migrants whatever and uh, queer people uh, and like women obviously like forced to live in like I don't know, domestic violence situations because they can't move out. Um, but then I also think there's like, um, sorry, I'm really like rabbiting on here. 
I, I don't know. Is it, is it okay if I like keep talking? Yeah, no, <laughs> um, it's not really interesting. Um, okay. Well, stop me at any point if I'm just like banging on. Well, the only thing I was going to add was um, hmm. I've heard the concept or the I, I'm sorry, I don't know what you call it, but the this this idea of social murder, wherein conditions are made that people can't live or survive, mm-hmm. things like homelessness, but they're like intentionally made, or at least it's it's a result of systematic neglect. And then that's kind of what I'm feeling <clears throat> you're kind of talking about, kind of, sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, the, the housing crisis is, like, dehumanizing. You know, it forces people to live mm. in situations which are not conducive to having, like, a real, like, a proper life. Do you know, like, if you think of, like, trans people being stuck at home with their parents who can't move out. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's can't. <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's that's like a huge um like a very common dynamic that we uh, that i encounter um or people who are not able to move to dublin where they might where they might like to live um or yeah it's just like the housing crisis is contrary to human flourishing is like one way of saying it and it uh yeah it drives us into situations which are which are dehumanizing or like you say are like a form of like social murder you could say as well um but like as it relates to trans politics particularly like Mm. i guess one thing i i feel quite strongly about is that like there are forms like kind of like liberal approaches to trans politics which are like oh we need to like end discrimination or like prejudice which okay is true but like the fundamental problem is like the injustice of the housing system and the way that that creates opportunities for landlords, for instance, to exercise their power or to be transphobic, for instance. Do you know the way? Like, um, yeah, the fundamental issue, as far as I'm concerned, is like the commodification of housing, the, the fact that it's valued for its financial value rather than its use value. Um, and uh and that its relationship to like capitalist housing system i guess um to put it pretty like uh most basic terms yeah no it's uh, it's totally unjust because like um it's one of those things like if you have housing i don't know you're just like you're in a position to make money for, for doing nothing and as as you said like oh well no you didn't say but like landlords are parasitic in that kind of way, like they don't give anything back, they just hold on to housing and and stop people who need it from paying it. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like, like that's literally the definition of like rent, right? Is as opposed to like profit that other mm. capitalists make. Like, however unjust that is, like rent is a distinct form where it's literally extracted by making something scarce. Do you know mm. the way, like. Um, it's in the interests of of landlords for housing to be scarce in order that they can make squeeze more the last drop of of profit out of it and like um yeah it's like a landlord can sit on his hole all day and somehow be extremely rich at the end of it like it's just a completely paradoxical and ludicrous system um i think like in in ireland we kind of 
have like quite a like proud to do, proud tradition of like being against landlordism um in general like you see that in like various forms in like Irish history whether it's in relation to like uh the land war in the the 19th century where people like um set fire to like landlords houses and so on whether it's in relation to like slum landlords in the in Dublin in the 30s or whatever and like I think it's like encouraging to some extent that we're seeing like a bit of a reinvigoration of that like feeling that like landlord being a landlord is not an acceptable um way to make a living it's literally like parasitic and there's no there's no such thing as like a good landlord right like people kind Mm. of make this distinction between like oh a bad landlord is one who's letting a house fall down around the tenants years or whatever whereas a good landlord actually takes care of blah 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 and that's um not to say it's like not horrible if your house is falling down around your ears but at the same time like the good landlord is only earning that title because of the horribleness of the bad landlord and it's still unacceptable that someone's making money from off the backs of people having to grind for a, you know, to pay the rent. Um, that's my opinion. Well, I was just wondering, because I read that the last year in Dublin rent like rose 7% inflation. Is there like a net that can't be like, why is there a lot? I getting. How much can a landlord raise the rent in a year legally, or is there like a cap on it? Yeah, there there have been caps. Um, I'm I'm not like a you know expert expert on like all the housing law or anything, um, and I don't think you necessarily should have to be. But um, to understand the like injustice of the system, but at the same time, yes, like until earlier this year, there was a limit of like four percent in designated what we call like rent pressure zones. So not everywhere, like in some places, most cities in Ireland. And then they tried to change those rules. They kind of fucked up for a while, fucked it up and allowed rents to go up. And now they've introduced some new limits, which says 2%. As far as I understand, it's now 2%. Um, which, like, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Um, and it's better than 4%, but like, there's still no reason why... Um, rent should be going up like people's wages aren't going up um, in lots of places there are rent controls where the rent just can't go up at all <laughs> and there's also like in, in reality in Dublin the rent needs to go down right it doesn't need to just go up at mm. a slower rate it needs to be like chopped in half um, or we need to not pay rent to live in houses um, so and then there's all sorts of ways that like landlords get around the the rules on rent increases like for instance if you do refurbishments if a landlord can claim that they've refurbished a property then they're exempt from the the limits on rent increases so um if they uh yeah claim to have refurbished even if they haven't um they can increase the rent and as well as that there's like no enforcement of these things at all so um so yeah, like there's no oversight of that. So if a landlord just can chance their arm, uh, hike up the rent, and then most likely um, no one will find out or no one will chase them up on it. Like 
the so the Catu branch in Fairview Marino. Um, I think it was earlier this year. I had a action where they um designed postcards so you could take a postcard and you post it to your old house where you used to live and it said on it you'd write the rent that you used to be paying in that house and then so the new tenant would get the postcard and be like oh the previous tenant was paying this rent oh the landlord has hiked it up by you know more than he should yeah that's so that yeah, it was a really good idea, um, and and those kind of actions, like I guess that sort of like collective action and organising is is really necessary, and that's what we're trying to do in in Katu as well. Um, like I I deeply believe that like you know you know like uh, in the past we had things like the lockouts and stuff like that. I think the next thing will be um like a tax um. And I'm a tax. I'm including rent here. Like, uh, people will just stop paying it, but like organized. Do you know what I mean? Because like you think about it, like, it's kind of the only thing we have against like the powers to be, the government, and like, you know, <laughs> the landlords. Like, it's just they're exploiting us for our money. That's the value we have in society as people. I think really like at some point there's going to be like a huge organized thing where people just stop paying rent, and I think that's become more likely with the um like social media and i know this is like totally not a political thing but um do you remember in i think it was 2019 there was that thing where like a bunch of people went to area 51 and it was like it was yeah. like all just organized online and it was like a whole thing mm. and everyone knew about it but i think something like that will eventually happen where like people will organize um I, what's the word i'm like looking over you know when um like a group action direct action. yeah like collective action yeah um, yeah where people just like all uh you know like the school's taking that t- day off for climate change and stuff like that yeah stu- like um, students just decided to like stop showing up and i think something like that will eventually happen and that's the only like way we'll be able to fight the system well those are more yeah. like events or marches not like to be like we're not paying rent but yeah yeah but it'd be something like that i think that's you're just being idealistic, uh, and I'm being nihilistic. Oh. Absolutely, though. Um, like it's happened before as well. Like there was an enormous rent strike in 1972 in, strike, in Ireland of um, oh. like tenants in council housing, so who all stopped paying rent. And um, I think, as far as I remember, like the fi- figures aren't really fresh in my mind, but it was something like 400,000 people were all not paying rent. Um, and that was because rents in council housing were were too high and they wanted a new system where rent was linked to your income. <clears throat> and because of the scale of the strike and because they were so organized, like they won, um, and a new system of of setting the rents in council housing was established. Um, so, and like, as well, like absolutely, like a rent strike would be like class. Um, I think where where I'd like slightly disagree with you is that like, it won't just happen it'll have to be organized and there'll have to be like um like people joining together and planning um through a union for instance like through something like katu um because for instance like in the case of a rent strike you have to be confident that your neighbor or other people aren't going to pay the rent because then like if everyone doesn't pay the rent you can't all be evicted 
Yeah. Whereas some people do pay and some people don't pay, then the ones who don't pay can be evicted, right? So you have to have like solidarity. <clears throat> you have to be certain that other people won't pay the rent, won't like go behind the back of of the collective and pay rent, right? So those sort of like connections, like that sort of trust and those sort of relationships take like time and a lot of organizing work to to create. <laughs> and that's why like it's a long-term project of like building the capacity and the organization to do that sort of thing. <clears throat> but that's literally like the business that we're we're in, right, as Cashew and that we're trying to to enable um to do the groundwork for that think, sort of collective I think action. Kind of where I come from I was like, yeah, like it would take that um oh god, sorry, the words you know, that that group of people um organizing it to like get started. But I think if it like gets started and it gets immediate attention and it probably would on Twitter, I feel like a lot of people then would um join in. What's the word I'm looking for? So it's like the solidarity, yeah. You already said that. Sorry, I'm so bad at words. Wait, I was listening in Katu. Do you have like a mission statement? I guess just the last two years you have for like the year, or is it just. I don't know. Not just, but you obviously do have an idea. Girl, I don't know. I'm terrible at asking questions recently. <laughs> no, we do. Like, we have a constitution, we have a set of like core principles um like in in very brief i guess the core aim is like what we say is like to pursue the mass organization of working class communities um uh but alongside that i guess we've got like a broader set of like uh not rules but like constitution around how decisions are made that we're like a democratic organization that we've um we have principles which are like anti-oppression principles, um, including like, you know, obviously no um, oppression within the union on the basis of gender identity, for instance. Like we're obviously totally opposed to like transphobia, racism. Um, we've also recently established a LGBT caucus within the union, which is like representing the um, interests and voices of like, um, queer people in the union um, and that with through that caucus we recently passed a motion to support the boycott of the Irish Times by the Trans Writers Union which has been called by the Trans Writers Union yes um, so so that's really exciting to that we're both organizing like in our communities like so I'm the on the committee of a Katu in Dunleary, but then I'm also like joined in with other uh, in in through the caucus um, to to other queer people in the union, which is great. Um, I know you weren't. Um, I I said uh, I didn't have an object, but I was just fiddling there, and I remembered that I had like a set of like glue on nails that say Katu on them. Um, they were like, oh. Halloween themed. Let's last see year. if you can get a picture of that for um <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Is it coming up backwards for you? Because it. Oh yeah, we can see. It's see. Yeah, no, it's the same. 
The thing is that it's not backwards. Uh, the viewers or the listeners won't be able to see it's not a visual podcast on the audio, but it's still C A T U, and it kind of looks like little aliens because it's like green against black. That's what I thought it was. Sorry, it's um, it was like a Halloween one. So I I had like you know scare your landlord, join Katu. So the other hand was join, and this one's Katu. So there's like little stitches down the bottom and um, stuff. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. There you go. Um. Sorry, I kind of derailed the conversation there. No, it's okay. I but... love a derailment. We do it all the time. Yeah. It's usually me or Alexandra who does it. It's usually me because I have no focus. I am a puppy. Um. But what I would be interested in hearing about is uh, you mentioned trans harm reduction. Can you tell us more mm-hmm. about that? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's obviously, like, separate to, to, um, Katu, and my involvement in Katu. Transform reduction is, like, a collective, I guess, of, like, um, trans people who, um, are organizing around, like, healthcare and the trans healthcare crisis, um, particularly, um, as it impacts or, or offering support to people who are self-medicating. Um, so we supply like safe injecting supplies, uh, to people who are self-medicating, um, and generally offer like support and advice, um, to people in that position, uh, such as myself. Um, yeah, uh, so I've been, I guess, like actively involved in that for about a year, I suppose, um. And that, yeah, I guess, again, is obviously situated within the, like, huge structural crisis in relation to trans healthcare in Ireland. Um, and the lack, as I would see it, and maybe others would see it, of, like, a kind of, um, like, uh, meaningful <laughs> forms of activism in relation to that, um, in relation to trans healthcare. Um, yeah, total lack of any form of like kind of militant or confrontational uh, organizing around around trans healthcare, which um, is real, real issue. Um, yeah, I think um, that yeah, that's interesting. I suppose I haven't really thought of it in that kind of militant sense because obviously it's very on my radar, you know, as a trans mm-hmm. woman who's gone through the healthcare mm-hmm. system and knows exactly how shit and damaging it is. Um, I didn't really think about it. In, like, so would you be thinking like, um, I think it was like uh, picket lines or something? I, d- I don't know. What would be? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that's silly. I mean, absolutely. I guess, um, like, I, as a, um, yeah, I guess I tend to see things in terms of like um, my experience in in mm-hmm. housing movements over over quite a long period of time, um, and the need for like kind of targeted direct action or collective direct action. Like I see that kind of an emphasis on like protest, for instance, and marches is often not terribly yeah, effective. Yeah, it's like yo, you know, um, you always see that thing. The first pride is a riot. Stonewall, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but at the same time, I think the like habit of just like going standing outside the doll and like waving a sign is not necessarily the most effective form of like political action. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like 
you know, direct action in relation to trans healthcare. Like, there's plenty of scope for it. People have, like, terrible trouble dealing with GPs, for instance. <laughs> but if yeah. your GP treated you like shit and then got, like, 50 phone calls from trans people being like, stop treating your patients like shit, um, that might help. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I've had a similar issue with my uh, my endocrinologist just not contacting me about things and, like, my prescription run out and then he won't give me the new one until I get a blood test, but I didn't know about the blood test and I'll be waiting then months without hormones. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, and then I get very sick. Um, it's just bullshit, like, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I am yeah. interested in as well is you mentioned um, self-medicating. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in that because... Um, I think a lot of kind of more official organizations can talk about that stuff, but I think it's worth always considering that that is an option. And um, how can mm-hmm. we kind of do it safely? And uh, I, you know, sorry, maybe you have better, yeah, yeah words for I mean, it. I mean, there are there are plenty of ways of doing it safely, right? Um, like you need, and I, I think you need to think about like what safely means there, right? Because like it's not safe to engage with the medical system in Ireland, you know, like in, in terms of like both just like the harm of like being stuck on a waiting list for years or also the psychological damage of going through like a pathologizing like system Mm. and dealing with the psychiatric model and so on. Um, So like, I think we need to think about the risks of that. Right. Um, And like impacts that has on people. Um, but yeah like there's there's i mean there's like a really huge and like developed body of knowledge like online developed by and for trans people about like trans healthcare right um both as it relates to self-medicating also just as it relates to dealing with like the medical system mm-hmm. um and uh that is obviously it can be like very difficult to navigate but like there's huge scope for like again like collective action and organizing around um making that available like supporting people to make to know what to do um to self-medicate like safely if they need to or want to um yeah like i remember yeah. the first time i was like considering medication like when i was kind of coming out and i looked it up and the first thing i find is like a list of terrible endocrinologists which is most of them in the country and it's just like people discussing their like experiences with them mostly bad mm-hmm. and, uh, it's just it's not a good not fun well i don't know mm-hmm. i know a collective action is not needed but then i'm always like i guess that would deter me would to be like, oh, I don't want to like not annoy people, but say be the one to, I guess, ask for that. It seems like it's quite heavy, I suppose, but it is definitely needed because like, oh, they're not exactly had the best either. Because the last time I went, the doctor was like, we need to see your parents. We're not going to give you any hormones, like come back. In six months, and this was January 2020 before COVID became like a thing. So I obviously didn't get a follow up. And mm. I know that they want you to have your life to go, 
in their own terms and my life isn't together by their terms. So I have not reached out and I'm going to kind of go crazy just to give yeah, that. And like, <laughs> you can see how this starts to like relate to like the housing crisis, for instance, like the demands in relation by psychiatrists around people like living, whatever terminology they use it. Like, thankfully I've never had to actually talk to any of the like ourselves, but um, well, like, but um, like this, like, how do you do that in Ireland if you can't afford a place to rent, right? Like, or um, like, or their demands around people being in employment. Um, they're now asking GPs to fill in forms around like, um, saying what type of work you're in or if you're in work or whatever. Like, these are all like huge structural problems that like impact on society more broadly as well as on like trans people in particular ways um yeah uh i don't know but yeah like i like you're saying sorry the point you were making about like collective action or direct action being scary yeah. like that's literally why we do it together yeah. right mm. why it's like a collective thing like people are scared to confront their landlord <laughs> because the landlord holds more power than you often um but if you're backed by a broader group of people who are in solidarity with you and will support you then collective action becomes way less scary right it becomes like really empowering like it's hugely empowering and just like enjoyable to go and like confront a landlord and like like actions that we've done with with Katu, which are like marching to a landlord's house right and like shaming them in front of their neighbors like oh like after like living for most of your life in this like system that's like dominated by by the power of like you know economic elites including landlords like that stuff just like gives you a sense of your own power do you know the way in a way that's really like important i think for people to like hold on to and once you get a sense of that power and like what that could do i think people are reluctant to like let go of it um which is which is for the better um i mean that has to be so satisfying to confront a landlord like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah there was one we did in um uh, up around Castle Lock just quite recently where like <laughs> we marched to the landlord's house and um, he just like turned off the lights and sat inside and pretended not to be home while while we were outside and then like all his neighbours came out and like stood in the driveway and were like um, you know obviously uh, yeah it was just like a huge like social shaming I guess in a, in a way that um, is really powerful Um like like the thing I was saying about it being unacceptable, it should be completely unacceptable to be a landlord. This is like realizing that idea, right? Um, bringing your like evil deeds home to roost, I guess, or seeing your evil deeds come home to roost. Um, yeah, and that was that was because a landlord had completely like abused his position. I think he'd like come into someone's house and then come into her bedroom while, while she was in bed. It was just like a whole disgusting situation. And and he was then trying to evict her because she complained about this, the tenant. 
and then had to back down because he was confronted with the like collective action right by like the power of of tenants united um yeah so join tattoo because it's fun <laughs> that's so creepy sorry yeah it's just like a blatant invasion of privacy that they're like they think they can do because they like own their property and mm-hmm. it's just horrible it's like when tds they own i know a couple of them own like a number of homes and their landlords and then it reminded me when you were talking about how some tds have gotten people go to their houses and it's like oh I understand those people. I think most of the time we're like not TDs. I mean, not landlords. Because I don't think, yeah. It's like Simon Harris and some other biatch. I mean, not that I'm calling bitches. No. I know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, wasn't there like a whole whole spate of like really transphobic, like, (laughs) or sorry, homophobic um, protests outside like uh, TDs? Yeah, that was. I think that was. that's a bad thing. Like that's obviously very yeah. different. <laughs> we don't like them. Um, okay, uh, I'm glad you remembered. Because oops. But yeah, that um, is horrible. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's I, what I'd be like, girl. People are going to conflate that with this, but it's obviously completely different, mm-hmm. and you need to like understand it instead of just be like, oh, it's the same. And it's like, no. I yeah, exactly. Like. There's a um, kind of like liberal approach to politics, which is like you have to be polite, right? You have to kind of engage in politics in these very like structured kind of ways. Like you have to, oh, you have to go through the courts or you have to blah, blah, blah. And that like obviously requires a huge amount of like financial resources to do that. Um, or, or the time and the expertise to do that. Like in the case of housing, tenants sometimes have the opportunity to go through like the residential tenancy board, which is meant to mediate disputes between tenants and landlords, but is like awful at doing that and just like takes like months and months to like get back your stolen deposit, which you need for your new house or whatever. Um, so that kind of like demand that you go through like the proper channels is um yeah is often used to like exclude i guess exclude like working class people or people who don't who aren't able or um those systems aren't designed for um and that's why we obviously like uh do direct action like collective direct action and that that kind of idea of like a polite approach to politics is like often used to like demonize people who do direct action and conflate it with the type of like, you know, homophobic protest or something like that. Oh, you're all the same because you're not like, you know, engaging politely, but it kind of like obscures the whole whole world of difference between those different, um, different things, like just entirely different worldviews and like political perspectives that are, that are at stake. Um, yeah. I guess, um, just one other thing to mention, I guess, would be like, I don't know if you were interested in this or someone mentioned that you were, maybe like, Nisha said something that you were interested in, like the eviction at, um, in Sunnyvale, oh, yeah. in, um, Stony Batter, which 
was that like two weeks ago or so um which obviously like had a direct impact on like trans people given there was like a significant number of like trans people living there if not all trans people living there i i don't know exactly um which just yeah illustrates again the like completely like illogical nature of like the housing system in that um it's like a place it's a home right it's like a place where people are living have made a home have done their best to like improve and then a developer can come in and just destroy it make it uninhabitable just so that like he can sit on the land and wait for the value to increase mm. or build like you know unaffordable apartments on it um so yeah um i i was around i guess over in Tony battery for the day that eviction happened um i kind of like witnessed the like extreme levels of violence on the part of the the owner the landlord and also the guards like mm. complete um ineffectiveness and unwillingness to prevent any of that violence um which again like i mean i've seen it like before but kind of um yeah, is is I, a, I swear to God, um, the fucking guards like Eilish and Flanagan. What's her, Flanagan Flanagan, isn't it? Is her surname? I honestly don't know, um, but we can wait and we will find out. She well, she did the uh, episode with the um, pigeons. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll include it. I'm sure in the links. But um, she, I remember saying that she's been to the guards. I think three times in her life and uh one of them was a particular importance because she had lost a laptop with very important work on it and um they they they've never done that to help and i think to myself in my own experience the guards have never done anything to help i went to them once with a bike i lost the bike and filled out a report and it was giving me dirty looks because taking them was time my ma had a few like things where people crashed into her and stuff in the car and they never helped at all and my cousin just there very recently had a, a guy in a truck going down her arse on the highway. And um, she went to the guards and they took a statement from her. Lost the statement and came back six months later. It's like, what? Well, sorry, I know this is different from the housing crisis. Well, it's it's linked because they aren't doing well, that to help protect like the people. Overtherence, not overtherence. It's supposed to be like state control and state assistance from like this big body who are like the guardie. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just, what do they do though? Like, is there, does anyone have a story of like, we went to the guards and they helped? Oh, I kind of do. <laughs> Cause I got lost when I was living in college in, where was I living in? It was like near John Leary. And then it was at night. It was around this time of year in November. And I went into the guardies cause I didn't know who else to ask to be like, um, where is this place? Because I was only there for like a couple of weeks and they helped me somewhat in the right direction. And that's about it. <laughs> okay, so, so the guards. That's pretty telling that, like, literally, like, giving directions yeah. is regarded yeah, as like, a, a positive I mean. story about it's the like guards, I said right? Somewhat, like, it's not. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that seems to be like as much as we can expect of them, <laughs> right? That, like, they have these, like, minor. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like in yeah, movies like, when it's like, oh, look at the fireman. He saved the kid. And it's like, <laughs> work. Cat out of the tree. Yeah. 
But, like, their relationship to, like, evictions and involvement in evictions and the housing crisis generally just, like, illustrates their, like, fundamental role in society is, like, to protect property, right? It's, like, to protect the interests of, like, the powerful. They they shouldn't be in in pride anyway, I'll tell you that, like. um, I know. Was there one of the evictions, I think, in 2020 where... I think the guards were there and they were evicting the like house and the people, but they have their like badges covered. Are they even? Yeah, the take take back the city eviction, yeah. particularly in yeah. Frederick Street, where they had like balaclavas on. Um, again, just do things that are like blatantly like morally and legally like corrupt mm. and act with like total impunity. Like, there's so many. I mean, guard the scandals that you can't even begin to recount. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, a friend of mine was like recently subjected to like extreme homophobic abuse by a guard in town. Um, like, nothing's going to happen with that. They're like, um, originated with like, you know, kind of like the fascist fringe of like Fine Gael in the 1940s was kind of like the starting point of the the guards like a I well never, sorry i guess because i have heard yeah. the start uh me and jules we went to a um I, I don't know what you call it like a little talk i guess where someone talked about the history of the healthcare system particularly from a trans perspective mm-hmm. and how they basically started off as a ponzi scheme and you can tell like how it is now i so the guards have like a fascist the healthcare system in general i think the healthcare in ireland and how yeah yeah well it was from a trans person well, yeah. So it was kind of their perspective on it and, like, why... When I, um... Yeah, you're saying the guards, like, start from, like, a fascist, like... I think I'm, I might be mixing up my history, but, like, I think Owen O'Duffy, who was the first guy, the commissioner, was also the founder of the Blue Shirts, which was, like, the fascist paramilitary organization oh, connected to Fine Gael. I, I'm, unless I'm mixing up who the people are here, I'm... 80% sure that's the case. Um, uh, I was going to say as well, I remember Izzy, so we haven't had Izzy on the show because she's not trans, but um, Izzy Kamikaze was telling us when she attended the, fir- the I guess the first Irish Pride, a, um, a, uh, someone got hit by a car, a car drove into them, and they were being escorted by guards, and when Izzy turned to the guy and said, do you see what just happened? Uh, the guard goes, see what? He was looking straight at it, like, but he just chose to ignore it because of homophobia, I guess. It's just like not much has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, I guess we are at the forty-five minute mark, and I guess we can. I mean, we can close it now. So, would you have that, like a final statement, or even just? an idea about direct action for like trans healthcare, which is quite <laughs> a way to end it, but I think might be interesting to just hear. Or if you don't, it's fine as well. Or you can plug any um, websites or Twitters or... I hear that too. Yeah, um, I guess I'd follow up on <laughs> the trust of what I was going get trying to get across, that we need like mm-hmm. mass organization in different forms, um, <laughs> including within... Katu, I think people should join Katu. Um, that's that you can find us online at katuireland.org um, or on all good social media platforms. 
Um, actually, sorry, there's no good yeah, yeah, like whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Fia. Um, and I suppose if the listeners want to check out our social media, whether we're at Sterlings dot uh, com, it's a website, and Sterlings tw- is what's Twitter? Yes, yeah, it's just Sterlings on Twitter. Yeah. We will link catch you on like the little blurb of the podcast, so you don't even have to search it yourself, people. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.